Hello, I'm Rick Lancaster. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bible as we study through God's Word together. It's my hope that as we go through these messages that we will all grow in our understanding of God's Word. As we grow in our understanding, we'll also be better equipped to glorify God, bless others, and grow faith ours and others. If you have any questions about anything in this teaching, send me a message. I would love to connect with you. With that said, let's get into the Word and see what the Spirit would say to us today. All right, um, we are again blessed to have Pastor Brandon here. And before we start, um, he shared with me that, um, that the guys, some of the guys, I don't know how many of them may be watching live from Indonesia. So, Benny, if you're watching, Puji Tuhan, God bless you, brother. Um, we, uh, we love you guys, and all the rest of you watching online, too, we love you, too. So, glad you could be there. Um, I've known Brandon for, I don't know, a better part of 20 years now, and uh, have, have had the opportunity to go over to Indonesia on a number of trips and to minister with him. And um, I first started ministering with Pastor Brandon when he didn't have so much gray in his hair. So he's been working hard over there, it looks like. So, you know, he is a, a neat man of God and I've uh, been blessed to see his family growing over the, over the years. So cool to have them there. And mom's back over here too as well. So <clears throat> neat to have the family here. Brandon uh, was, uh, has been a missionary in Indonesia for 20-ish years, somewhere around 20 years. We ordained him as a pastor of Calvary Chapel French Valley in 2016. Uh, since, you know, in the last 20 years, there's so much that he's been involved with. He's going to share some of that with us this morning. And so without really further ado, uh, please welcome Pastor Brandon. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, so great to be with you all. And uh, let's pray before we get into God's word. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us, Father. And we thank you for your wonderful love for us and the warmth that we can experience uh, among members of the body of Christ, uh, even halfway around the world. And Lord, uh, we as we come to this place to worship you today, we ask that you'd speak through your Holy Spirit, through your limited and sinful servant, uh, that your word uh, would um, make an impact in our lives, bear fruit, and change us more and more to the image of Christ as we await your coming, Lord, and would encourage us and strengthen us, rebuke us, remind us, Father God, as a light unto our path, Lord, and may your Holy Spirit enlighten our hearts and our minds today, strengthen and encourage us, and we lift this up to you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 5, and uh, before, this is kind of a New Year's Day message, but New Year's Eve, because in a few more hours, we're going to be entering into the new year, 2024, and so uh, let's uh, read from the Word of God, Genesis chapter 5, and I'll read for you all uh, Genesis 5, verses 21 to 24. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. 
After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for the next slide, uh, uh, Devin, and appreciate all everybody serving today. It's been such a blessing to be back together with you all again and see many people I haven't seen for uh, so long. And uh, yeah, who knows if hopefully it won't be another uh, four years until we meet again. But uh, if the Lord tarries, you know, <laughs> but um this is such an interesting passage, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, and I, this passage, for me, uh, I like to. If someone would say, "What uh, you know? What summed up your life?" Uh, uh, if you look back, you know, or say, after one day we're not here anymore, uh, what summed up your life? And for me personally, this is something that I would like to sum up my life. You know, what did I do in my life? I'm not uh, the smartest guy, and just to and just if something's too long, you know. It just gets too complicated for me. And I love this more than anything else to just say that I live in my life, I walked with God. I think this is something that's uh, so special and amazing more than anything else. And, you know, the Bible says that uh, all things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. And uh, this scripture is a wonderful scripture and lesson uh, for us today. You know, you got this for many people. This is a mon seems to be a monotonous genealogy, you know, in the pre-flood world uh, when people live to be. Uh, almost a thousand years old. And then in the middle of this passage, you have this, it stands out, you know, it says all of a sudden talks about Enoch. It's uh, so uh, eye-catching, you know, that uh, it says then he died and he died. And all of a sudden you have this guy, it says Enoch walked with God and um, he was not uh, for God took him. And it just kind of jumps off the page and it's uh, shocking uh, that Enoch uh, walked uh, with God. And uh, before I, I speak more about that, you know, I want to ask, and this is for all of us today, what does walk here refer to? You know, um, most people can uh, know right away that walk does not mean uh, literally. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, walking down uh, the street, uh, as some people would take it literally, but the Hebrew word halak refers to the path course of someone's life, uh, like he walked in the ways of his father, walking in the ways of the Lord, or the people of Israel uh, walked after other gods. So it's the, the, the course or the path of an individual's uh, life. And um, you know, every single person must come to find and know what is the meaning and the purpose of their life. This, it's exactly what I prepared, what David shared uh, a few minutes ago, you know. What is the meaning and the, the purpose of our lives? And, uh, you know, that's a good question that we all need to ask ourselves and then continue on down that path. Uh, do you know what is the purpose of your life today? Uh, on Sunday at church, you know, we're worshiping the Lord, but what about uh, through the week? Are, are we walking in the, the purpose for what God has uh, for us today, my friends? And, uh, you know, deep within the heart of every man, there is a thirst for God uh, that only a meaningful love relationship with God uh, can fill uh, that thirst. And uh, my friend uh, told me the other day, he said, even if there was a trillion universes, not all 
everything in those universes could never fill the emptiness in our hearts like God can fill, my friends. And uh, also, uh, David shared, you know, that we are here and created to glorify God. And I love this uh, quote. It says, uh, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And that's truly what we're created for, to have uh, a love relationship with God. And anyone in the world today that's not experiencing that, they will be empty, and including us, any believer that's not walking, well, maybe we're saved, but if we're not walking in that love relationship with God, no matter what we're, no matter what, we will not be um, satisfied with that, my friends. And uh, the second, I believe, most important thing is first you come into that relationship with God, and then second, uh, finding what God has called you to do. What has God called me to do uh, in this life? And uh, whatever um, we might be doing today, um, it's very important that we are in line with what God has called us to do uh, in life. Maybe uh, some people would ask, well, how do I know what is, it's a classic uh, question, you know, how do I know what God has called me to do? How do I know if I'm walking in the will of God or not? And uh, well, th uh, this is uh, my answer. And, and, and first is that whatever God has called you to do, I believe it's uh, something that he's implanted in your heart, a natural desire of something that you would absolutely love to do. And second, something that you have a natural ability to do that God has given to you that I believe is connected to your um, profession or your um, natural uh things that are connected to uh, your personality. Uh, just to share a little bit of my testimony and um, weave it into the message today about uh, my past. You know, I grew up, never traveled anywhere. My family went on vacation once a year at Disneyland, so I basically never left the state of California. And um, anyway, I used to look at this globe at my house and I'd look at um, the, the world. You know, I grew up watching the old Indiana Jones, you know, we went to the jungles of Asia. And so God, from a young age, and planted within my heart a desire for some far off place, uh, some jungle in Asia. And so I'd look at the globe and I'd look at places like India and Pakistan and uh, that from a young age, God implanted in my heart that he would, you know, uh, fulfill that calling, bring me uh, to a place uh, across uh, the world. And uh, I remember when I went to a Bible college just down the street here, you know, <laughs> there was a requirement to graduate. You had to go on a mission trip. And my friend, he said, I'm, I want to go to the Nepal, you know, and I said, oh, that sounds good. I'll go to Nepal. So I went to the uh, meeting and um, he, my other friend went there just to get donuts, you know, but he ended up going to China. But, <laughs> but when I went to the meeting, the guy said, oh, you know what? You can't, uh, don't go to Nepal, go to Indonesia because the list to go to Indonesia was empty because the team before it, they went there and all the churches got burned down in a particular city. So they, <laughs> nobody wanted to go. And I, I remembered that my friend said there was good surfing there. So I said, oh, well, I'll sign up. But then later on, you know, I, my teacher from one of the classes say if you want to get a if you want to go on a make a big decision like that you need to get confirmation from the word and I say yeah that's true <laughs> not just this surfing so but yeah the Lord spoke to me from Genesis and I got the confirmation to go and um, it was totally different than I thought you know can you the next slide Devin thank you 
But uh, I used to watch, I don't know if you remember the cartoon Rugrats, but the family went on vacation to Jakarta and it was all jungle. And so I was thinking Indonesia was all jungle with like one tribe in the middle. And uh, when I got there, it was uh, the shock of my life, you know, it's, and you could, you know, T.S. from Indonesia, <laughs> John has been down there a lot with me and Pastor Rick and everything. But you guys know that, um, you know, it's the f- uh, fourth most populated country in the world. And so largest, largest archipelago, 17,000 islands, uh, 800 dialects. Most of the people are on the uh, Java Island, which is in the southwestern parts, the size of Southern California with almost 200 million people. So you, I arrived there. It was like the shock of my life, you know, seeing uh, millions of motorcycles and um, just something that I, I did not expect. But it's... and. You know, the, the modern cliche is if you want to be a missionary, you got to go to some, you know, far off random tribe in the middle of the jungle. But uh, as we'll see later, Paul went to the population centers of the world to bring the gospel. And um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that uh, God brought me to Indonesia. I remember uh, when I was first down there, it was a, a, a struggle and there was a lot of difficulties, uh, been uh, robbed and, uh, you know, beaten up by a mob and, and stoned with rocks. And, you know, Pastor Rick, Pastor John and, and I first was sent out with Pastor Andy and Debbie uh, in 2003. As Pastor Rick said, that was uh, 20 years ago. And um, yeah, God uh, has done some uh, neat things, but it's only by His Spirit. And uh, I just being here today is really special. Seeing old friends, you know, that I haven't seen for a long time, and uh, we have uh, so many funny and wonderful memories together of being together there, uh, doing ministry. Uh, I have to tell this story. So uh, when I was first down there I was uh, trying to learn the language and I met Pastor John there and uh, he we were walking down the street and uh, he starts speaking in language school he starts speaking Indonesian to this guy and he said like a full sentence and I was like that was awesome you know <laughs> and we it just there's so many funny things I could share but I'm just touched to be here with you all and uh, um, just to be it's like being back together again with family I haven't been home in four years and I'm so thankful my mother-in-law can come here for the first time uh, she can't really speak a lick of English, but she's getting, she's enjoying the time together. Her and my mom are using Google Translate to talk together and stuff. So, and then my daughters, you know, are a little more, uh, they can remember things a little more uh, with my wife, you know. And I'm so thankful for my family that God's given me that I don't uh, deserve among uh, everything else, uh, every other wonderful thing, including this calling uh, that God's given to me. So, but um, yeah, we spent uh, seven years and two months in Bali. Uh, myself and Pastor Andy and Debbie and uh, also Pastor Rick, Pastor John and their families had come over and uh, ministered with us over that time. And then you can go to the next slide, Devin. In 2010, we went to a place called Kupang. It's in the south central of Indonesia, southernmost tip of the continent of Asia. And uh, the Lord did a really neat work there through uh, college students. And we have uh, the ministry leader there, Benny. He's kind of in the back center, the one that Pastor Rick said hi to earlier. But God did a really uh, special work there through among the lives of the college students. And I remember when I was first going to be uh, called there, um, you know, we were walking in a parade, you know, they do this Easter parade and, um, 
We're walking down the street for hours with hundreds of thousands of people. And about every two minutes, someone yelled out Mr. Bean to me, you know, because the people's nose is a little bit different there. But but on that day, I remember the Lord was speaking to me that I want you guys to move to Kupang. And so we moved our base there for four years and three months. And uh, that's how, this area is actually where my wife uh, is from originally, her family. And uh, we planted a church there uh, back on the date there is November 2nd, 2010. And it's been going strong ever since we started in the book of Genesis, actually. Now they're in Psalms going through the Bible and in the in New Testament in uh, Ephesians. And this is the Christmas celebration they just had recently. But um, it's a neat work that God is doing there. And uh, Benny we graduated from the Bible College in uh, Dumaguete, the Southern Philippines, Calvary Chapel. And, you know, we've been talking lately about, you know, his heart to teach IBS and equip pastors uh, all around all of East Indonesia, which is predominantly Christian. But, um, you know, over the years, as I've looked at Indonesia on the map, you know, I thought, you know, what, uh, what's so significant? Why has God called us here and everything? And, uh, you know, you used to have the term the 1040 window, but recently there's another term. You can go to the next slide. It's called the UC circle. It's a city in China, uh, UC, but, uh, this area, uh, this UC circle has, um, over half the world's population, 4.3 billion people. And it's the area of the world that's the most densely populated and the least evangelized. And God uh, is doing a work. You know, I don't know if you've heard of the Back to Jerusalem movement, but um, it started, you know, the gospel started in Jerusalem, moved to Europe, and then to America. And it's, uh, according to this um, a movement, they're saying it's moving around the world. But in Asia, you know, it's you have the least evangelized, but also the... Um, the, large, the area of the world where the churches are growing the, the most is in South and East Asia among uh, Chinese and uh, Southeast Asian people like Indonesians and so on. And uh, formerly missionaries, you know, would bring the gospel were Western people, you know, Caucasian in the missionary era in the 1700s to um, David Livingstone and Hudson Taylor to Africa and China. But nowadays, you know, and in, in, uh, going back to Indonesia, it's the most populous Muslim country in the world. The second most populous co- Muslim country in the world is Pakistan. And uh, according to news week, it's the most dangerous country in the world. They said in Iraq, you have, um, you know, the formerly uh, American military hunting terrorists, but in Pakistan, they're harboring them, you know, by the military. And so um, I remember one Calvary Chapel, they had a church there, a plant from Saving Grace, but they couldn't go there because it's too dangerous. But uh, so in this area of the world, you can go back really fast, Devin, thank you. But this area, most of these areas where it's the least evangelized countries like Pakistan and Afghanistan, Iran, um, the, the 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 typical Western missionary cannot go there anymore, but Asians can. Like for example, Chinese people, they they're seen as um, people that do business, so they can go into these really dangerous remote areas. And there's a revival that's gone on in China. You know, a lot of people believe that it's the most populous um, Christian country in the world, or with the most number of uh, born again believers, but. There's Chinese people planting churches in these countries, and they're accepted there, my friend. So it's really a neat, the open door uh, and the work that God is doing. And uh, we're thankful that God connected us to uh, a church in Indonesia. It's called GKY, the next uh, two, uh, Devin, thank you. Uh, but um, it's the basically the largest uh, Chinese-Indonesian church, uh, and uh, the Lord has blessed us to have a partnership with them. 
And uh, formerly we were in Bali. Bali's like a tourist trap kind of thing. <laughs> and we got stuck there for 20 years. No, the Lord had us there. We did a, a, a lot of neat stuff there. But, um, you know, as time's gone along, we, we felt that God was calling us to Jakarta, the next slide, the map. And as I said earlier, you know, Paul went to the population centers of the world. And uh, Jakarta is the next slide, Devin, the upcoming most populous city in the world. It'll surpass Tokyo. And uh, it's truly its own uh, mission field. I believe if Paul was alive today, he would have definitely gone to Jakarta as the most populated city in the world. And uh, just recently, the Lord uh, moved us to move from after being back in Bali for seven and a half years to Jakarta and connected us to this school, which is under our church. So um, back in 1965, um, so Sorry, uh, Indonesia is the most populous, um, the most overseas Chinese of any country in the world. And uh, before they were mostly Buddhist, Tao, Confucius. But in 1965, all the Chinese schools were closed. And then the kids sent, the parents sent their kids to Catholic and Christian schools. And now the entire next generation is almost converted to Christianity through these schools. As we know what happened with the Vikings, you know, the nannies from the British Isles converted the Vikings and... Uh, yeah, so this is what the Lord has opened the door uh, for us to do, is minister in this school. This is the one that I serve at. It's called IPK, stands for Faith, Hope, and Love in Indonesian, an acronym. And uh, this school that I'm at, it's an international school, has a thousand students. And uh, I'm serving there as the chaplain for the students, their parents, and the teachers and staff. The other schools, we have um, six, uh, 11 schools with 16,000 students uh, among in the metro Jakarta area. And uh, this school is a really... Uh, unique. Uh, it's like the American schools before they took prayer and Bible reading out of school. And uh, the vision and mission, you can go to the next slide, uh, Devin, is um, totally centered around evangelism and discipleship. So this is like a mission field in itself because these are the, this. it's an international school. So you have the upper to middle class, which will be the next uh, leaders of the country, uh, my friends. And uh, God is uh, doing a neat work there uh, in this school. Um, we've uh, have we often have evangelistic crusades on retreats and uh, at particular times throughout the year like Easter and um, we've seen like literally a harvest of souls among these students um, they are uh, so we've seen like hundreds and hundreds of kids coming to Christ uh, in this school and among the other schools and I wanted to read this verse you know uh, Jesus said behold I say to you lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest the harvest truly is plentiful but the laborers are few. And uh, it's been really neat to see that work. A lot of them are coming to Christ. And then also we have the opportunity, we have a, a weekly chapel for every age, a church service where we're teaching them through books of the Bible. And also uh, we're just starting um, a, a year through the Bible reading. So I thought that was interesting that that was brought up earlier. And um, yeah, but there's a neat work going on, and we uh, are so thankful for your support and appreciate. Uh, uh, if I could give you uh, one major prayer point is the work that God is doing in prayer, because there's also resistance. You know, Paul said, a great and effective door has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And if you've been struggling or suffering or had resistance in your walk with God, family, marriage, or church, that means that God is about to do a work. So you can be excited about that. And uh, yes, uh, I God. God called me to Indonesia, but over the years, I always wanted to go to places like India or even Africa, and the Lord shut the door. Next slide, Devin. But during this time at the school, it's really amazing because, um, next slide, Devin, thank you. 
Yeah, so like this exact place I wanted to go to in India, one of the teachers is from that place. And this other place in Africa that I was supposed to go to, I didn't have the door, the door was closed. You know, there's a teacher from that area and I'm able to shepherd and minister to those people. <clears throat> it's just amazing, you know, uh, the way that God works. And I believe that um, whatever we've been through in life, you know, all of us have made mistakes and we have things that we regret and we've suffered from those mistakes. And um, maybe it's something to do with our family or our past. But what I found is that, um, you know, God does not waste anything. Uh, everything that we've been through in life, uh, our upbringing, um, every mistake we've made, God uses it all in accordance with his sovereign plan for our lives. And uh, I, he's just amazing. But we don't see it now but later on we'll see you know that he was sovereignly in control and working at part of his plan you know um there's the latest technology shows that it would take 93 billion light years to get across the gal the known galaxy but the bible says that god stretched out the heavens with a span you know which is only as big as his hand you know so he's uh you know he's in control taking care of our lives and he's big enough to handle our biggest problems and you know um the book of Corinthians and others were written because of major problems that were going on. So when there's major problems going on in our country, our lives, our marriages, our family, our church, that we need to see that as an opportunity for God uh, to work uh, in our lives. Um, so, yeah, and I just wanted to share also that, um, you know, it's a neat opportunity in being in youth ministry in the church formerly before in the school, which prepared me for the school. I had 45 kids in my youth group. And then now God gave me a thousand kids, <laughs> a thousand kids size youth group, which is just, it's just too amazing to, to, to speak in words. But, uh, in youth ministry, I found that, uh, and I did read some books on it, but if kids at a young age start reading their Bible, praying, sharing the gospel, sharing a testimony, uh, doing their, um, you know, what their calling is, whatever they might be called to do, like being involved in ministry, worship, uh, if they do it at a young age, there's a good chance they'll do it the rest of their lives. So for those of you that have young kids or grandkids, get them involved early in those things and uh, instill the word of God uh, in their lives. I was talking to Pastor Rick and this is probably the hardest time in history practically to walk with God because of so many distractions. This is the, and I believe the most dangerous time in history to raise kids because of all the evils that are out there that they can be exposed to instantly from the technology that they're looking at. And we need to take this very, very seriously and, and do everything we can to pour into the lives of the young generation. They're the next generation and um, the word of God does not return void. And although the things don't seem to be going well, uh, or you might be struggling with parenting or for grandparents worried about your children, the word does not return void. Um, you know, uh, share the Bible with them, teach them uh, Bible um, memory verses, teach them through the stories of the Bible, and that will stay with them and bear fruit in their lives later. Um, we recently did a mission trip to this area in Borneo. It's a really remote area, and it's all Chinese um, from China that migrated there. It's Buddhist, Confucius, and then Muslims from that area. And there's very few Christians there, but we got a chance to take our students on a mission trip there. And uh, our, our school has a sister school there that has about 1,500 students with um, 
um, that are from basically Buddhists and Confucius that are coming to the school and the parents are seeing while wow, the God is making, there's an, they're changing and now the parents are converting to Christianity uh, in the hundreds. And so we went there and did a mission trip and passed out food and did medical clinics and we went from house to house praying for the, the non-believers and did a, a crusades for every age and hundreds came forward to receive Christ. So pray for the follow-up uh, ministry there, my friends. And, um, and maybe you're saying, well, this is really uh, neat, but I'm not a missionary. My life is here, my house, my family, my work, and so on, my retirement. And uh, I can't really go overseas and be a missionary. But you remember what um, God said to Isaiah, Uh, you know, he said, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And he said, here I am, send me. And then where did God send him? He sent it to his hometown, Jerusalem. (laughs) And, uh, you know, God, wherever you are today, I believe that God, that's where God has called you to be. And I recently, last month, came on a career fair here with uh, some people from our school recruiting um, teachers from different Christian universities. And I was really thankful to be home after four years and uh, I just thought you know this is an opportunity to minister with all the woke stuff going on you know because some of the kids in my school are affected by woke and they won't listen to me because of uh, because of who I am and and I came here and I'm like man I've talked to person from every race every gender and everyone it seems to be receptive to having somebody show them the love of Christ you know Uh, I prayed for a guy on the plane the other day that had a husband you know on the and just you know and everyone was open and I believe that that God it's not just about being a missionary in Indonesia it's like God has called all of you uh, to be a missionary here and people need to be ministered to here you know Um, when Paul he said you know from he was rejected in Corinth. He said, now I'm going to the Gentiles. And where did he go? He went to the house next door to the synagogue. You know, so the, the, you don't need to go to the far off seas, uh, to find unbelievers. There's unbelievers everywhere. Uh, next slide, Devin. And you know, every single one of us is an equally important part. Uh, maybe I'm the body of Christ and my family and my mother-in-law in Indonesia, but you're the body of Christ here in, in the United States. And, uh, there's last I checked, there's still a lot of unbelievers. I stayed at a hotel last night and it was some kind of new year's eve thing but or new pre-new year's eve but people were partying and cussing and everything and i'm like what happened you know <laughs> it didn't seem like it when i was here last time at bible college but um but this place needs the gospel my friends and uh every single one of us has an equally important part not only pastors and missionaries but we're all equally have an equal important part of the body of Christ and Christ is the head nobody is more holy more better no matter what you've done no matter what you've been through even you've going through lately my friends um I believe that God is ready to do a powerful work and, and deliverance is right around the corner and uh, just going back to the text that we read earlier after that long testimony, <laughs> you know, you go to the next slide, David. So it's really interesting that Enoch, you know, uh, for 65 years, his life was normal, but something happened, you know. Uh, so when his son Methuselah was born, prophetically, you know, uh, in the Hebrew culture and history, uh, like Jacob was a heel catcher uh, or a conniver, you know, and that's what he was uh, in his uh, flesh before he became Israel. But uh, Methuselah, the name, uh, the word in Hebrew means uh, when he dies, it will come. And so so 
um, Enoch prophetically was made aware by the spirit that uh, when his son died, there would be a worldwide flood or a judgment. And uh, the year, sure enough, that Methuselah died, uh, the great uh, flood occurred. And uh, Enoch spent those next 300 years uh, with an awareness that his life was not go on forever. And subconsciously, we feel like, we have to admit it, we think our life is just going to go on forever. But uh, that's not wise. We need to be like Enoch. And uh, in, in Enoch and in, in Noah as well, you know, I was talking to Pastor Rick. I remember he used to share with me, he would always have his dog Noah, who's not with us anymore, um, uh, there to remind him to walk with God. And that's another person, you know, that same thing. Noah knew that there was a judgment coming and lived his life differently. He was a preacher of righteousness. And that's what God has called us to be, my friends, to be a watchman on the wall and to say to people around us, our loved ones, that judgment is coming. And uh, it's it, it's okay. It's better to offend somebody, uh, but then have them come to Christ than to not want to offend them and have them uh, perish forever, my friends. What could be more important than sharing the message of the gospel to people around us, especially our loved ones whom God has called us and connected us to? You know, Pastor Rick and my Myself and others can't minister to the directly to the people in your circle. That's whom God has called you to do that. Your family and your friends to have a um, intercessory prayer ministry with and treasure the time that God has given us, the valuable time, and not allow our valuable time to be wasted on things that have no eternal value, like uh, spending too much time on uh, watching football or spending too much time on the internet, YouTube, and other things. My friends are. are focusing on food or eating or traveling or anything else, but uh, being connected in the spirit to the Lord and having a prayer ministry and and fasting, you know, and keeping yourself uh, in God's word and waiting for the Lord's coming. And that's what Enoch, uh, you know, he lived his life in the light of eternity, knowing that his life would soon end. And uh, he had, and, and there's a saying, you know, we put our eyes and heart on the heaven, but we have our feet on the ground doing our responsibilities. Jesus said, occupy until I come. And uh, also walking in the path of righteousness. Uh, it's so important to keep ourselves undefiled from the things of this world. All the kids ask me at the school all the time, can I watch uh, secular movies? You know, is this okay to do this and that? And I say, look, it's Christianity is not about what you can and cannot do. It's about avoiding the littlest thing that bothers your conscience, something that you know you shouldn't do, something that you know hurts of the Lord's heart, my friends. And that is a walk with God. It's a, not just doing your daily devotions, which I that's foundational for every Christian, to have a daily routine in the Word. The University of Princeton did a study that showed if you do your devotion, if you do anything for three weeks in a row, it'll high possibility become a lifelong habit. And so for anyone today that does not do a daily devotion where you read through the Bible, uh, it's okay if you haven't done in the past, but I encourage you at the start of the new year tomorrow, start reading through the Bible and it'll change your life and make a routine. Like how many people brush their teeth today? You know, it's a, you need a routine out of it, you know, (laughs) make a routine out of reading the Bible. There's no more important routine where you connect with God and then walk with him throughout the day. And uh, maybe you've struggled with addiction or any kind of habitual sin in your life. Uh, Well, the word of God is a spiritual weapon that will deliver you and empower you through God's spirit living inside you, my friends, empower you to do what God has called you to do when in your own strength, you cannot do it, my friends. And, um, 
you know, the other day I was um, driving. We were together in Pebble Beach, my family and I, and I saw this spot that I remembered with my dad. Uh, and uh, he was there, and I saw this security guard give me a dirty look, and I said, what's his problem? And my dad said, you don't know what he's been through. His mom could have died three weeks ago. And I'm like, man, that's like the wisdom of Solomon, you know, and I never thought of that. And, you know, we uh, today often judge others or easily are offended by other people and are hurt by others. Uh, but you never know what somebody else has been through in their lives. And what I've found over the years, and I know a lot of you have lived a lot longer than me, but over my years, uh, what I found is that everyone uh, just wants to be loved and cared for. And it's just like a little uh, child that desires and wants to be loved and accepted by other people. And uh, everyone in the world today, coming back to that emptiness, has a desire for a love relationship with God. And we are what God, what this world is looking for, uh, showing people uh, God's love, my friends. And that's the most powerful thing. As you're walking with God, your life will bear fruit and his love will flow forth uh, out of your lives uh, to the people around you, my friends. And uh, sure enough, Enoch walked with God and his life ended. And one day our lives will end too. And are we preparing ourselves and, and getting ready for that day? Are we preparing the people around us that we love so much for that day? How much of that is a priority in our lives today, my friends? And sure enough, his life ended, but he didn't die. God took him. You know, it's a picture of, you know, um, the, the, the coming of the Lord and, and meeting in the clouds, you know, and, to, and, and, and now he's with the Lord forever. And he wasn't famous then, I don't think, but he's famous today, my friends. And maybe a lot of us are not famous today, but, you know, one day uh, what you've done for the Lord will last for eternity. And uh, what will be said about your life in a hundred years? And where will you be in a hundred years, by the way, friends? Or, and where will you be in a billion years from now? And what will matter at that time? And, uh, you know, he's he went home to be with the Lord and maybe one day he was walking with God and then they were walking to his house and the Lord said, you know what, let's go home to my house instead. And they went home and, and caught him up, uh, to, to be with the Lord forever, my friends. And, um, you know, that's something that we often forget. The other day I was in a taxi uh, Uber with this guy and he was telling me uh, where was, we were sharing the gospel with him and he's like, where was God when my uh, family was, were slaves, you know, uh, for many uh, hundreds of years. And, and he said, where was God when my uh, brother, you know, went to jail and his kid for something he didn't do. And uh, his kid was uh, a little kid and he got out of jail and he was already a grandpa. Where was God when that happened? And uh, what I told him was, I said this, I said, you're not factoring in that we all deserve much worse than that. We all deserve to go to hell and we often forget that. And second, you're not factoring in eternity. We often make uh, conclusions about our life and the things that we've been through and we forget the factor of eternity. And, 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 and at that moment, we'll understand, you know, why we've been through everything that we've been through. And uh, today, um, as you're living out your life and saying, I'm at church today. I want to walk with God. I want to uh, do the right thing. I want to be my life to be used for eternity and minister to others. But I, I, I can't get over this certain thing that I've, something I've done, something I've been through, something I'm going through today, something I'm worried about for the future. And um, 
My friends, don't make an early conclusion about God's love for you, his plan and work in your life today, but wait till the ending and you will not be disappointed. You know, like the psalmist, you know, he almost stumbled because he saw the wicked being prospered. He couldn't understand why he was suffering. And then he says, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, and then I understood their end. And, 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 and then he said, you know, whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon on the earth that I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh will fail me, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Wait till the end, my friends. Like the story of Joseph, they thought it was all over. Jacob thought his sons were dead and everything was against him. And little did he know that God was working a plan that was more amazing than he could ever imagine. And I believe that that story applies to our lives today. We think it's like this, but it's not like that. It's, there's something going on that's outside of our imagination. What God has prepared for us in the future of this short life and much more in eternity that will last forever, my friends. Put your faith and trust in the Lord. And I want to close with this one story. I, I, I met this um, uh, guy on the plane, and he said to me, uh, he shared that when he was a kid, his, um, he, or no, before he was born, his mother had a, a baby girl. And so the uh, baby girl, she treasured her, her daughter, first child. And one day the daughter was playing in the backyard. They had a pond, two, three years old, and the, her daughter fell into the pond and drowned. And the mother was just tormented by grief and sadness, you know, remembering her uh, daughter and, and just tormented. And she, she wasn't a believer and she was almost becoming crazy after six months. It was driving her to the point of insanity, remembering her beautiful daughter. And then one night she had a dream and she saw, she, she, in her dream, she saw her, a man that was all in white, and she knew it was Jesus. <clears throat> and then she saw her daughter walking with this man, holding his hand. And then she knew that her daughter was in heaven, and that she knew that her daughter was with Jesus, and that she knew that's the way to heaven is through Jesus. And um, yeah, let's uh, pray together, my friends, and let's uh, have a time of reflection. Can I ask the worship team to come up and just uh, pick some uh, instrumental music? And um, as we end the year, my friends, I know you might have uh, gone through some sufferings and difficulties this year or maybe in your past, and maybe you don't feel too optimistic about the future and you're not really sure where your life is going. But uh, we need to come to the Lord right now in our hearts in the midst of this busy life that we live in, we hardly have time just to connect with God as our heavenly father. He loves us with an everlasting love and the love that we're desiring in our hearts can only truly be fulfilled by him in our personal relationship with him. And whatever has spoken to you today from God's word, my friends, if you want to commit your life to him and just say, you know what, Lord, I want to spend the rest of my short life walking with you and in, in being set apart in holiness and purity. I want to come back to you, Lord, that place of intimacy and enjoy fellowship with you and your word daily and also be used by by you uh, to be a channel of your love to the people around me that I love so much. So uh, whatever you want to pray in your heart right now, let's just spend this time reflecting and committing our hearts to the Lord right now.
Can I ask uh, Pastor Rick to come up and uh, pray for us and close this time of the word in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we have taken this time and opened your word to draw nearer to you and the idea of walking with you, God, ought to be one of those ones that, that motivates our lives, that drives us to our knees, that drives us to your word, that opens our heart wide to receive all that you have for us. Or one of my, one of my favorite images in the scriptures are in the, in the very beginning where, where Adam and Eve walked with you in the cool of the day. And Lord, the idea of walking with you, walking with God is so precious and powerful. And while we, we don't have that, that physical, tangible presence, we do have your spirit with us. We know that you're always here. You're always with us. And we get, we get to choose to walk with you but we also have that great privilege of walking with you. And so as we have taken this time to open your word, I pray for that overpouring of your spirit into our lives that we might, that we might recognize with, with that, that full assurance, that full confidence of the fact that we are your children. That image of that little child holding the hand of that adult and walking along is the image that we ought to have of ourselves, that we are your children. Lord, God, we get to walk with you. And so I pray for your, your people here today. I pray you'd pour out your spirit upon them and that they would leave this place with a powerful sense of your presence in their lives. And as Pastor Brandon talked about, about the reality that all of us have a, a mission, we all have an opportunity to share you with others. Lord, I, I believe that begins when we, our hearts are just filled and overflow with the love that you have for us. Romans tells us that you have poured your love into our heart and it's your desire that we'd pour that love back out to others. And so I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to love you so much that we, that we would feel compelled to share that love with others. I thank you for Pastor Brandon and his family. I pray for a continued anointing as they're, they're about ready to make the journey back home. I pray for a special touch upon them and traveling mercies and, and those divine appointments that only you can arrange. And I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to use him mightily. I pray, Lord, for a special blessing over them as they go back to Indonesia and the ministry that you've given them and that you would use, Lord, them to bring even more into a saving knowledge of you as they minister to those thousand plus kids and everyone else they encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. I pray, Lord, that you would give Brandon wisdom beyond his years. I pray for you, Nita, Lord God, that, that blessing of ministering um, with and to and through her husband. I pray for the girls, Lord, a special touch upon them that they would continue to grow to be the glorious and beautiful young women that you um, mean them to be. And I pray for that family, you'd hold it together and protect it. I pray for a blessing on the marriage. I pray that you would continue to make it fruitful. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would continue for another 20 years, Lord, should you tarry, to minister to this beautiful family and use them for your glory. I pray, Lord God, this day we pray, Lord God, that you would use the things that we've seen and heard today for, for the furtherance of your gospel and that by, by us just taking what we know and learn out into the world, that someone would see you today. We love you and we praise you. We lift this day up to you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. It's one of my core beliefs that the Bible or Word of God has the power to transform our lives. It's my hope that these messages will help you to do just that and to glorify God and bless others and grow faith. If there's anything that we can do to help you with that, don't hesitate to connect with me. You'll find ways to do that in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my sermon notes and other resources to help you in your study of God's Word. Sometimes we do need help to grow in our faith. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate to connect with me. I love talking to God's people about God and his word. So send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. This message was shared at Calvary Chapel, French Valley in Murrieta, California. If you'd like more information about the church, go to calvaryfv.com. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, Stay in the word and have a radical week with Jesus. Mm-hmm.